0: Today we celebrate the Solemnity, Jesus Christ, uh, the King of the Universe. It's a magnificent title. It's a proper title. And I think it's something that we could all ascribe to. We could all personally hold that as a true belief. Jesus, being God, is the King of the Universe. He created it. What might be a little more difficult, though, is to ask the question of ourselves, is Jesus Christ the King of my heart? Maybe saying it is similarly easy to you. But to really believe it and for it to be truly a reality, I think, is a challenge for all of us. Because Scripture tells us that a kingdom divided cannot stand. So take any relationship, whether it's a husband or wife or me being a priest and, you know, my spiritual spouse, the church. If you are not constantly talking with each other, communicating with the other, the relationship probably won't last. And if it does, it'll be on some rocky ground, not bearing much fruit. You know, they told us in seminary when we entered, you can't, you know, date and think about marriage and be in seminary at the same time. You have to give hundred percent, right? You can't get fifty percent to work, to a hobby, to an addiction, an attachment to sin, and fifty percent to the other. You have to give everything you are. That's true even for me. My sole job as a priest is to pray. Right? I don't have a family, I have ample time to pray. So if I get up here every Sunday, every day, and I preach. But I don't pray, even if what I say is theologically true, it's not worth saying. Like Paul says, I would be a resounding gong if I don't have that love, if I don't have that relationship within my own heart as a priest. But that's just not my call. Uh, That's all of our call, brothers and sisters. We are all adopted sons and daughters of God, and we are loved by Him. So perhaps, though, you don't have as much time as I do, physical time, to pray, you are called Just as much a deep and abiding love and relationship with Christ. I love doing baptisms. There are a lot of baptisms at St. Patrick's. It's a great thing uh, to have as a a parish. I think Father Claytor has some today after the, the 1030 Mass. And there's a prayer that's said right after the baptism itself. It's called the anointing after baptism. And they take the holy oils, which are kept in the ambry right here to my right, and the priest makes the sign of the cross on the child's head. And he says this prayer. The God of power and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has freed you from sin. He has given you a new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and welcomed you into his holy people. He now anoints you with the chrism of salvation, as Christ was anointed priest, prophet, and king, so may you live always as a member of his body, sharing everlasting life. What is this symbolic reality show, reveal, that we are kings. We are priests, prophets, and kings. We share in the offices of Jesus Christ. And that oil that's put on our head was put on the oil, uh, was put on the heads of the kings of old, of David, of Solomon, of Constantine. By the virtue of our baptisms, brothers and sisters, we participate in his kingship, which we celebrate today. The mysterious gift of a reality that the kingdom is ours, We share in his inheritance. This is from the Gospel of Matthew today. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We who are sinners, we who are weak, who are burdened, who really can't do much on our own. He gives us this kingdom as a gift. A complete, unwarranted, unmerited gift. With Jesus Christ, we are priests, prophets, and kings. And it's a reality that We don't hear enough, enough, I think, in our sermons, in our world today. We're so beaten down by things. To recall our baptismal roots is so important, which is why I wish we still had, you know, holy water in the fonts when you walk into church. Because every time we do that, we remind ourselves of our roots, of our baptism. Connecting these things, what does this mean practically in our life, though, right? To understand and, and live it out, I think we have to understand Christ's kingship. So I mentioned those kings of old, Right? You have David, you have Solomon, Saul. For the longest time, God resisted giving his people Israel a king. He didn't want to do it. Not because he was a, well, he was a jealous God. He wanted to be their their only king. He wanted to be their king. But they persisted, and eventually he relented in giving them. So what happened, though? They sinned. They fell, they died. Whether it was infidelity, murder, adultery, you name it. But despite even this, God, the true king, still loved. He still loved his people, and the concept endured, the desire for its fulfillment and a Messiah. A concept deeply rooted in the Hebrew tradition and within the readings we hear today. I love this first reading from Ezekiel and then our psalm. It's about the Good Shepherd. He who loves, who unites, who protects his flock. Jesus. He is the fulfillment and perfection of those Old Testament kings we hear of. I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from where it is cloudy and dark. I myself will give them rest, he says. The lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal. What is this but the sacraments, the Eucharist, confession, anointing of the sick, baptism, the grace that he pours out to us, unmerited, unmerited undeserved, yet he gives it nonetheless. And then at the end of that reading from Ezekiel and then in our gospel today too, there's also a warning, right? A little mic drop from Jesus, right? We're all called to this. That's all of our inheritance. But those sleek and strong, I will destroy. And those goats, uh, depart from me, he says, you were cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Those aren't just fancy words, you know, meant to scare they're realities. Brothers and sisters, we have a king who loves us. He's not some you know, creator that created the earth in Genesis, we hear of, and then just departed, right? Like a clockmaker. He set it in motion just to leave. And then he comes back only to judge, to be that just judge. Though he is a judge, he's a merciful king. He's imminently present, most powerfully in your hearts when you receive him in the sacraments the Eucharist. But just like that spousal relationship that I talked of earlier between husband and wife, if we don't speak with the other, if we don't speak with him, communicate with him constantly, daily, how can we expect him to reign in our hearts as king of our hearts? For for him to rule with full authority, we must pray. So that's my encouragement to you and to myself today, is to pray. So beautiful, you come to Mass, so important. It's beautiful if you pray the rosary, if you have any other sorts of devotions in your life which you follow. But I want to put great emphasis on personal prayer, conversation, a dialogue. If you've never done it, if it's been a while, it's okay. You could start small. When you wake up, when you're on your lunch break, when you're going to bed, tell the Lord how your day was. If it was a rough day, tell him. If someone cut you off in traffic, tell him. If you have a good joke, let him know. I tell jokes uh, to God occasionally, and the greatest thing is, is He loves us. So you tell a person a joke over and over again; eventually, it gets like boring. But God is perfect. There's no boringness in God. You could tell a God a joke a hundred times. The hundredth time, it will be the funniest time for Him hearing it. He just delights in being with you, and He desires to rule in your heart as a King. But you have to give Him that permission. We must. Only He can satisfy rescue, give rest, heal, and bring us to everlasting life. Jesus, the King of our hearts.